Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's go across the pond. Our good friend, Rob Staten, who's joined us many, many times. We'll make Rob a regular. We just got to figure out the details with Rob. Don't worry about it. Rob's going to be a regular with us uh, at some point. Senior sports journalist at the great BBC Sheffield. And a SeahawksDraftBlog.com. Hi, Rob. How are you? Hey, guys, congratulations on the basketball game. Huh? Really pleased for you. Yeah, can you work in some Cougar merch next time you do a show and stop pandering to the UW crowd? Well, the thing is, is when I went to Seattle in, uh, before COVID, there was Cougar stuff everywhere, and I actually did get a, a couple of things. But when I went uh, Thanksgiving, I couldn't find any Cougar gear, mm. so I didn't bring any back with me. But if, right. if anyone wants to send me any, then uh, I'm, I'll gratefully wear it. We'll, uh, it. we'll send you something. If I send you Cougar gear, can you send me one of those cool BBC microphones, please? Oh, yeah. You can have anything you want. We have a lot of BBC sort of stuff. Hey, what's like the deal with those still? microphones, though? What, I, the handheld, and you hold it like an inch from your mouth. What's the deal with those things? Yeah, it's just because I think we're more softly spoken in the uh, <laughs> in the great United Kingdom. And, and maybe you Americans need to keep the, the mic a bit further away from your mouth. So okay. that's what it is. Right. We just need to be a little bit closer. That's just so cool. All right. Well, we've, we've talked to you many times about what the Seahawks and what direction they would go in, Rob. And, and I think we were, well, you and I were in agreement. I think Jim was just, uh, liked McDonald or liked, it didn't matter, I guess, what side of the ball they were on. Uh, but we had, we had uh, trumpeted up Ben Johnson. He was one of the finalists, didn't get the job. They go with the defensive coach, Mike McDonald. What was your first reaction? And has that first reaction changed now here in the last uh, you know week or so since he's been hired? Well, the first reaction was, I wanted, as you rightly mentioned, that I wanted an offensive-minded head coach. But when Ben Johnson, whether he withdrew from the situation or whether he was basically kicked out of it because you hear him mix things about whether he interviewed well, whether he wanted too much money, Either way, he was not a contender anymore. It seemed that Bobby Slowick was out of it after just one interview. He didn't get a second interview. So then if you are, like myself, wanting an offensive-minded head coach, it meant there was Mike Kafka and nobody else. So at that point, you have to sort of consider what else is out there. Who are the options? And I think when you look at who else was out there, if you put Mike McDonald and Dan Quinn and some of the other names that were out there, I think Mike McDonald was the was the, the more intriguing hire. There's a bit of mystery there. You know, people were speaking very highly about him when you listen to to sort of Garofalo on your show and, and Ian Rappaport was on with Ian, and they're speaking as if this guy, I think the quote from Rappaport was that he's the Sean McVay of defense. That's a really interesting thing to hear. And then when you actually listen to him at his press conference, look, he gets to the point, he doesn't say a thousand words when 10 are enough. You know, that's going to help with communication. I thought he spoke very, very well. He had that sort of look in his eye, which showed a degree of determination. I, I came away feeling more excited about the Seahawks than I have in a long time. You know, it felt like the Seahawks for a few years were just meandering along, whereas now it's more intriguing and it's exciting to see which, what kind of shape this new era is going to take. What about the offensive coordinator candidates that are being lobbied about? Ryan Grubb from the UW, Tanner Engstrand, the Detroit passing game coordinator, uh, 
either one of those two uh, hit your fancy there, Rob, or is there somebody else? Either. I mean, I'd take either of those two guys. Tanner Engstrom, of course, is Ben Johnson's passing game coordinator. And it seems to me, look, if you can't have Ben Johnson, why not have Ben Johnson's right-hand man? Go and bring the offense from Detroit to Seattle. And then you've kind of got the best of both worlds. You know, people were just debating Ben Johnson or Mike McDonald before the hire was made. This enables you to get kind of get both, doesn't it? You know, and Tanner Engstrom's very bright. Uh, seems like one of those sort of young, upcoming offensive coordinators. I've listened to a couple of his press conferences. I think he's a very intriguing candidate, and, and I think he'd be a, a perfectly acceptable person to come in and run the offense. Ryan Grubb, you know, he's he's been very highly rated for a while. Nick Saban wanted to hire him a year ago. We've all seen what kind of production Fresno State and Washington have had. There's a, there's a little bit of concern there. You know, Washington's offense, as explosive and as dynamic as it is, and it's not just, you know, the air raid offense, but there are a lot of predetermined reads where the quarterback's looking to the sideline and he's basically told what to do. You can't really do that in the NFL. But I would expect that Ryan Grubb's well aware of that. And if he comes in, he will adapt. He will be able to build this thing. And look, I, I just think it's it all sounds very good at the moment. You know, the candidate of, like, Joe Cullen's been linked for the defensive coordinator. I think that'd be a great appointment. Tanner Engstrom and Ryan Grubb have been linked with offensive coordinator. That'd be a great appointment. I like the fact that Jay Harbour has said to his dad, no, thanks, dad. I'm going to go and work in Seattle instead to be the special teams coordinator. I, I think it's all moving in the right direction. Uh, Rob Staten again uh, with us, uh, covers the Seahawks, seahawksdraftblog.com. If you haven't read it, please uh, go read it today and also uh, follow Rob on YouTube for all of his uh, insight analysis videos up there at youtube.com to search Rob Staten and you will uh, find all of his work. If they go in the direction of Ryan Grubb, which I think many people out here, just to give you the pulse of the city, I think are excited about the possibility of, of Ryan Grubb coming uh, back to Seattle to be the offensive coordinator. Would What's the level of pause or concern because he would be a first-time coordinator uh, in the NFL and you've got a first-time head coach? Is, is, it, is it too much of a youth movement? I think that is a valid argument to make. And the true answer is we just don't know because you can look at the Washington offense. And like I say, there's a lot of predetermined reads. You could make an argument that that's just not going to work. But then there are so many people saying positive things about Ryan Grubb and saying that, look, you know, the NFL's had him on their radar for a while. And you see that, look, when you look at Oregon's offense, it's like 75% screens. It's designed to make life as easy as possible for Bodix. When you watch Michael Penix, he's launching the ball into, you know, layered passes 30 yards to the sideline. He's, he's throwing darts right down the middle for big touchdowns in big games in the Sugar Bowl. You know, this is not a conservative, high percentage offense. This was a big risk-taking offense, explosive plays, which is the kind of offense that I think John Schneider wants. I think it's one of the reasons why he's been sort of thinking of making Mike Kafka his head coach and now his offensive coordinator is because he wants that Andy Reid style of offense, taking shots downfield. I don't think he wants this to be a methodical, safe offense. And the one thing that Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb have done is they have produced an explosive offense. But there are, look, how the question, the other question I would add to what you said is how much of the success that Washington's had is down to Kalen DeBoer and how much is down to Ryan Grubb? It's Kalen DeBoer's offense, but Ryan Grubb calls the plays. You know, is he capable of designing an offense for the NFL as well as being the play caller? Is he a good play caller rather than a good play designer? Is there someone you can put with him if that is the case? 
that can help him with play design if he is an exceptional play caller. I think these are the things that they've got to work out. So it's a bit of a concern, but at the same time, you know, I tend to lean towards perhaps what some of those Husky fans are saying. It's incredibly intriguing to see if he gets the job, what he can do. Well, and then, Rob, uh, to Puck's point here, I mean, they brought in Leslie Frazier's assistant head coach, former head coach at Minnesota, Bill's defensive coordinator, and an extensive resume, and he's 64 years old. So they've they've addressed that in a way, getting an older veteran guy in here. Yeah, they absolutely have. I I love that hire, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's somebody who, if he's not too sure, how do I handle this thing? Because you were going to come up against all sorts of stupid stuff as a head coach, you know, players just having concerns about nothing or complaining or you know guys getting into it on the practice field, whatever it is that he's not going to have experienced before where he's the guy who the book stops with him and he's going to have to make a decision and now he's got somebody that he can just take to one side yeah, how would you handle this leslie you know give me your advice and be a real sounding board for him and not just that you know they're scheming and their ideas because it's he's coming out of the baltimore and the harbor system for the first time he's now got somebody who has been around the nfl for so long does work with different coaches it's just a fantastic appointment. It's exactly the kind of appointment that I think they had to make for a first-time head coach. When you think of Sean McVay, how much did Wade Phillips mm. help him when he went to the Rams for the first time? Is the defensive coordinator, but someone who'd been a head coach, been around the league for a long time, as that sounding board. Leslie Frazier to come in. He's not just going to offer some real tactical help and some coaching help, but he's also going to be a mentor for Mike McDonald. I think that was a, a home run appointment. I say I like the, the fact that one of the Harbors is coming in to run the special teams. I like the names that are being linked with offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. It seems like a far cry, you know, with a great respect to Pete Cowell than just hearing Pete Cowell say, we've got to get it right. Don't worry. Just give me another week. I'll sort this out. Give me another year. I'll sort this out. Whilst, you know, recycling his own staff at defensive coordinator and just finding guys for offensive coordinator. It's a fresh start for the Seahawks and and one that's very exciting. Do you like that he wants to call the plays? You don't see that, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's more. I'm trying to think the last head coach that did that on the defensive side, Rob. You don't see a lot of like defensive mind coaches actually call the defense. You see it all the time on the offensive side. Uh, but do you like that 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 uh, strategy or decision on his part as of now that he will be the one actually calling the plays? What I did like about it was that he seemed to suggest that that was a short term measure that he wanted to bring somebody onto the staff who within a year or two could perhaps take on those play calling duties. And look, if they're going to bring in Joe Cullen as defensive coordinator, I don't think they're setting up Joe Cullen to do that because he's a very experienced NFL coach. I think he would be coming in again to provide his his experience and his wisdom and to help the defensive line because that's his speciality. But I think when they were looking at Zachary Orr, who was such an impressive guy, and it's a real shame that he stayed in Baltimore because he would have been a perfect defensive coordinator for this. I think he wants to bring somebody in who is young, who is upcoming, who is bright, who's also got new ideas. What did he? What was the term that he used? Like growth mentality or something like that? Mm. Um, that he wants his coaches to have. And I think he wants to bring somebody in who can do that, who he can guide, you know, that can develop into being a play caller for the defense within two years. And I just thought, he, this guy's thought about this. You know, I, one of my concerns with McDonald was, does he even know what he wants to be as a head coach? Because he's just sort of come from nowhere within two years to be one of the star, highly rated coordinators in the league. Has he had the time to sort of think about who his staff's going to be, what his vision's going to be, what he wants a, a Mike McDonald coach team to look like? And it seems to me like, yeah, he's he's got some clarity on that. So I would imagine that on top of these sort of very experienced coaches that we're, we're seeing come in, that we're going to see sort of a bright, younger 
uh, coach come in who maybe within a year or two will end up being the defensive coordinator and will end up calling the plays for him. Well, next Friday, he's got one of his biggest personnel decisions coming up. Mike McDonald win uh, Geno Smith's contract, whether to guarantee the base salary or not. Which way do you think he's going to go with that? I think everybody's looking at this the wrong way, Jim. I think everybody's sort of giving their own opinion on Geno Smith as, as to whether he should stay or not. And what we have to do is get in the head of John Schneider. Mm-hmm. What does John Schneider actually think? When he did his press conference, his solo press conference, his answer on Geno Smith was so lukewarm. There was no mention of next season. He just said, yeah, do you know what? Last year he started well and then kind of faded. And this year he kind of didn't start well and then improved as the year went on. And uh, that was it. And it felt like just such an underwhelming, non-committal answer. And then Mike McDonald goes in his press conference and says, well, yeah, you know, Gino's good. He's at the Pro Bowl. But I tell you what, Drew Locke, you know, Drew Locke, you know, mentions Drew Locke's name. He's a free agent. He's not even contracted to the Seahawks next year. And says, yeah, we want to build around the quarterback and we'll see how that situation plays out. To me, I just get the set, the real sense that these two guys are not that committed to Geno Smith and that what John Schneider actually wants to do, I think he wants to draft a quarterback. I think he's itching to draft a quarterback and go younger at that position and build for the future. It's not unheard of for when a new regime starts to get a new coach in to pair them with a new quarterback. If this is going to be a growing pains year for the defense with a new offensive coordinator... Why not get the growing pains out of the way, out of the way quarterback as well if you are going to draft a guy? So if that is their mentality, this is what Schneider has to think of. I might be able to get Drew Locke for $5 million. Geno Smith's cap hits $31.2 million. So I might think Geno Smith's better. You might think Geno Smith's better. What John Schneider has to think is, is Geno Smith so much better than Drew Locke to justify $31.2 million versus Drew Locke being on 5 or $6 million as a guy who might even lose a job to a rookie. I think that's how they're going to approach this. So I don't think it's as foregone conclusion Gino's hit. What I think is going to happen is he will get past that date that you've mentioned there five days after the Super Bowl. I think when they get to the combine, they're going to make some calls. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, you know, some of these teams who need a quarterback. I think they're going to try and trade Gino Smith before March 20th when they'll make the same saving, get a pick back, allow Gino to go and start somewhere else. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, yeah I'm with you. I think they've tipped their hand on that. And I just think that the cost is way too much. And I think that they are not committed to how really good they're going to be next season because they're going to take their lumps. They just will. It's a new staff. And it's, I don't think there's any expectations. They'll say all the right things that they want to win and, and competing for a championship, but they have to look at reality. And they can save that money and, and start building, I think. Or again, we talk about it all the time. You're going to win and lose with the guys up front. And they got to they got to improve that interior offensive line, and they got to improve that that defensive front probably to run you know his system, especially on the on the defensive side. And if they hire Grub, I mean the speculation will just run rampant that they're going to draft Michael Penix. Hell, they they might draft Penix regardless if they hire a, another, um, you know, offensive coordinator. Let me ask you real quick. Though, I got about a minute left. What did you make of Penix's decision not to play in the Senior Bowl? Is it a red flag? Uh- uh, not so much a red flag, but he had an underwhelming week. You know, I've seen people saying he had a great week. He did not have a great week. They were all underwhelming. Bo Nix was underwhelming. Michael Penix was underwhelming. Michael Pratt was underwhelming. Spencer Rattler did okay. I thought it was a kind of a meh week from right. the quarterbacks there. And I would have liked to have seen him start because uh, he didn't throw the ball deep much at all during the week. So get in that game, throw it deep. Bo Nix threw 165 yards on a flea flicker. Why can't Michael Penix do that? But, but Penix, and, um, sorry, Nix and Rattler threw four passes. Could Michael Penix not have thrown four passes in the game? Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of split on it. I don't, I don't know which way. It's, it's, you know, I 
If I he's going to be there in practice, why not play? Uh, yeah. And, well, well, let's talk about on the on the on the other side of the commercial. All right. Hey, you're the best. Thanks for doing it. And uh, we'll carve out something for you. We're going to send you some cool gear. You send us a microphone, and we're going to call it good, good. All right. You're the best. Thanks, Rob. Anytime, guys. Thank you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.